Hey everyone, welcome back to Sidrit's podcast. On this episode, I will have Avery Helbron, who is a social media creator and also influencer on YouTube. He has created a brand for himself on YouTube and I'm going to share with him how he did that and how he got there. So please stay tuned and always thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Hope everyone is having a happy new year, staying healthy. Uh, I am going to have Avery Helbron tonight. He's a social media influencer and a content creator. I think you guys are going to like this a lot. It's going to be mostly about YouTube, but also how to grow on social media. So with that being said, I'm waiting for Avery to join us. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'm focusing this year on, uh, on learning a lot and educating others as much as I can. Uh, we are hosting a networking event on January 27th. It will be about NFTs, crypto, uh, and also real estate. So it's gonna be a great crowd we're going to be at Venezia restaurant in Boston. So check out my link in bio for that. But I'm gonna have Avery join right now. What's up, Avery? Hey, how you doing? Nice I'm to good, actually man. kind of meet you, I guess. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know, I know. It's so good to have you on here. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while now and I know we had to reschedule a couple of times um but it's it's awesome to to finally talk to you live uh i know i feel like i know you just through seeing all your reels and everything same <laughs> <laughs> same here um hey i mean without further ado just tell us a little bit about yourself and let's get started man sure well uh i'm avery and i am from canada I ended up in the states i played college soccer out here and after school had a job in boston and realized that I wanted to do more than just corporate work. So got pretty interested in real estate investing, picked up some books. I ended up buying a house hack in Everett, a duplex, as many people do when they get started investing in real estate. Then I did that again, um, was doing a bunch of networking stuff. And then when the pandemic hit, I was working from home and I was pretty bored like a majority of people. And I had done a couple of podcasts and lives and stuff like that. And I always felt like there was a lot of information left that I was wanting to share. So that's why I decided to start the YouTube. Uh, and then when the YouTube was going and I wanted to keep it growing and stuff, I decided to do more of the Instagram reels and, and TikTok. And the TikToks a little bit more recently. I uh, got those, you know, back and forth talking to yourself type videos. But those have also been fun to make. And I've been making like two or three a day now, which is kind of crazy. But it's been fun. But I, I love those and, um, you know, without getting kind of like off topic, but how, you know, what made you start? Because I, I think YouTube was your first platform, right? That you focused yeah. on. How, how did you start on, on YouTube and what made you, um, what made you start? Yeah, so I was doing, I was, so when I first bought my house hack, 
I couldn't afford to pay contractors and like many people to figure out how to renovate because I knew nothing about renovating uh, and the house that I bought needed some renovation for sure. I just went on YouTube and watched a bunch of videos and then I decided to kind of do the same thing, but on my phone with, you know, renovation style videos. And as I was doing them, I found them so irritating to make because I don't like filming and talking about it while I'm renovating. I kind of just like doing it. Uh, so then I didn't stick with that. And then I decided to, because I was doing a couple of these podcasts, go to more of the route of talking about personal finance and real estate investing and whatnot. And that's when I started doing those videos in, in January of um, 2021. So, so that was kind of the start of it and really just hoping to teach people stuff as well as make it seem okay to, you know, talk to myself during the day. So I was just sitting at home alone and at least the camera was uh, a good person to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> or the dog or a cat, if you have that at home. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think right now you have about 7,000 followers on YouTube. So you started that January, 2021? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think a lot of that growth was attributed to one video that I did that kind of took off. It got a couple hundred thousand views and a majority of the subscribers came from that. Um, and then that kind of slowed down and so did the YouTube right. growth a little bit, but then recently I started seeing it tick up a little bit more, especially with doing the TikTok videos, kind of driving audiences two ways. That's, that's super impressive, man. I mean, I think from what I've seen with other like influencers, it's taken them year like the first year if if you can grow up to like a thousand subscribers that's like a really good year right mm -hmm. so being able to grow that to seven thousand followers that means that you're you're kind of like cracking the code or the algorithm as they call it <laughs> um so that's that's super impressive so topics that you're covering are personal finance real estate Yep, exactly. So I'll do a, more of my videos are a little bit more about real estate and kind of, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with when you're trying to create content, it's easier to kind of just document what you're doing, yep. rather than trying to figure out what you want to talk about. So doing more real estate related stuff. So that was easier to go off of. But uh, that one video that got a majority of the views and, and subscriber base was more personal, not that real estate is in personal finance, but it was more about saving money and budgeting and stuff like that. Um, so I also make a lot of videos around that kind of stuff. And you know about the stock market, a little bit about cryptocurrency, but that's not um, my forte so much, although I do invest in that. And, and now I am trying to get interested in more NFT stuff, seeing you always talk about it. So nice. um, maybe I'll have some videos about that in the future. Keep it up. What's your, um, do you have necessarily like a goal or like what's, What's the what's usually the audience that you know like of your at least your YouTube followers? I know TikTok it's probably more on the younger side, but do you have like a demographics that you could share that are following you on YouTube? Yeah, I actually think it's pretty similar for TikTok and YouTube. Maybe there's some more young folks on TikTok, but it's like that 18 to 34 year old range and um I mean, I guess it happens a lot in real estate if you're going to meetups and such, but a majority of people do seem to be male. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, I guess, just kind of what yeah. happens. But um, yeah, I guess that's mainly the demographics. 
I see. I see. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So your the the video that blew up talked about budgeting, saving. Uh, you said so that that makes sense, right? Because you know, like eighteen to thirty-five year olds are the ones kind of like starting in life, and um, those are things that we deal with every day. You know, like um, how can we get started, right? How can we buy? You know, like how can we save to buy real estate? So that's pretty. Right. Um, do you use any special kind of camera or do you use any, like, or do you just use your iPhone to record your YouTube videos? So at very first, when I was doing the renovation stuff, I just used my phone. Um, and I actually had a really good competitive advantage because my uncle, he's been doing YouTube for seven or eight years and he reviews cameras. So I just <laughs> hopped on the phone with him and asked him kind of what to buy and how to set things up. And I think the camera as well as the mic is obviously very important. So you look good and sound good. Um, but also he really helped me with lighting and kind of how to set stuff up. But the the camera I use is the Canon EOS Rebel. I think SL3 is what it's called. Uh, and then I just have a plug-in mic, um, like hardwired. And it's Sarah Monica is the one. I do have um, a wireless one as well, you know, if you're doing a property tour or something like that. But it just feels really reliable to have the the plug-in and even right now i have the lights on i don't know how good it is i was oh, you know, maybe 15 minutes 15 minutes before this trying to set it up right but uh <laughs> he was really trying to help he helped me a lot with that like even knowing the uh temperature at what to put the lighting and, and all of these little nuances that yeah. may or may not make a difference but uh, i think it helped I'm, I'm sure they do i'm sure they do so definitely use a professional camera if you're if you're trying to make good YouTube videos and also professional mic or somewhat professional mic, not, not your camera mic. Right. Yeah. And I, like, you don't need to go out and buy a 250, $500 boom mic or anything. And, and I will say before you go ahead and, you know, maybe you think I want to start on YouTube. Um, so you want to get all the gear and stuff and, and everyone says it when they're starting out that uh, you don't need the nice equipment. I do think that's true when you're deciding whether or not you actually want to do it. Cause maybe you make three or four videos and you think, Oh, this isn't for me. And you spent all of the money on, on the equipment, but if you're actually into it and you want to do it and you want to make good videos, I, I think you kind of have to put them on a, on a quality platform just because it is a pretty competitive environment in order to get views. So many people are making YouTube videos. So you want your stuff to at least look and sound good. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, if we can talk about thumbnails a little bit, uh, thumbnails are the cover of the YouTube video that, that you're about to click on. So I know there's a lot of talk about thumbnails um, and, you know, engaging your, 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 you know, engaging the viewers to click on your video. Um, how important have those been to you? Have you invested a lot of time in them and are they like high quality? Yeah, so I've personally invested zero of my time in my thumbnails because my girlfriend does them all. Uh, so that is that is very helpful for me. Uh, we're kind of on like a revenue share program where she gets a portion of the revenue. So that's, uh, you know, she's invested in the channel for the long term. But I have noticed that uh, obviously a higher click through rate is very helpful. So when people have um, like they see your video come up, you get an impression if they click on it that goes towards your click-through rate percentage 
Um, yep. And usually the really good videos have above 10%. I'd say my average click-through rate is like four and a half or five. Um, yep. So if you just have something eye-catching and that can mean a lot of things. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos about, um, you know, these people have channels about how to grow on YouTube and they'll talk about just trying to have something that catches your eye. Like uh, you might have a photo talking about how much money you made, but if you added like actual money in there or a keyword that is different from your title or something like that, uh, or just a good picture of yourself. And, and I think also it's important that you have kind of the same aesthetic of thumbnails across your channel. So when people come onto your channel, it, it kind of looks and feels a certain way and isn't just a random jumble of different stuff. Makes sense. Does she use, does she, does she design them on a, on a uh, specific type of app or does she use Canva or is there anything else that you may recommend? She definitely uses something. I think she's in the live right now. Maybe she can comment it. I forget, I forget exactly what it is. Uh, I'll pin that comment if she does. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's some Adobe software. She might get some of the background images from, uh, from Canva, but pretty much we just spend a lot of time taking stupid photos of me with the lighting and then she, you know, crops it out and everything. And the hair is always the hardest part. You know, I got all this <laughs> stuff going on, but there she is. There she wrote it. Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator. Perfect. All right. I pinned that so people can see it. And she adds background images on Pexels. Pexels. Pexels is a great uh, place if you're trying to get uh, stock footage or photos. So you can get stock footage for free. Um, I mean, you can donate to the person who's put it onto the website. But if you're just looking to get some footage for, I don't know, someone like browsing a home or counting yeah. money or something that's a it's a really good site that's amazing yeah i personally use canva whenever i have time to you know like edit my you know posts my instagram posts but i was curious with um youtube thumbnails i know you can do on canva too um youtube is tough man i mean i i give you a lot of kudos you know for for what you do because I mean, I have a YouTube channel too, but it's gone nowhere, right? You start and then you realize, oh, my thumbnail doesn't look good. And then you look at these professional videos or semi-professional videos and you're like, well, he's doing this. He's making the camera go closer to his face or whatever, <laughs> whatever the YouTube YouTuber strategies are. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it really like not, not discourages me, but it's like, I need, you know, like I need more help with this, right? And that's why, you know, that this was also one of the reasons I'm like, this is like something that the whole audience can benefit from to hear from someone that has firsthand on experience. Um, are you using any scripts or how are you, um, how are you arranging the topics that you're talking about? Like, do you do segments? What's the strategy there? So I will script everything. I think it's pretty important at first because there were a couple of videos that are just topics that I felt like were kind of the main topics. I kind of just talked to the camera. But when you're doing that, yeah. you do tend to drone on. Uh, and most people, they, you know, that's why TikTok and Reels are so great because they're you can do them in under 10 seconds. People may or may not click off, but there's less of a chance with YouTube. People actually have to watch it because that's an important metric to send it to more people. 
if people are actually engaged. So with the script, if you can kind of be focused, write down, I don't write down verbatim what I'm saying, but you know, if I'm talking about five side hustles for the year, I'll put like a one, two, three, four, five and some bullets of what I want to talk about. And I'm personally someone who, I don't know if it comes across on live here, but I'm kind of monotone and I talk fairly slowly. So I try really hard to talk at like almost two or three times faster than I normally talk. Cause then I watch the video and it just seems normal uh, to just it try seems, to make it seem more engaging. It seems normal to me now. So, I mean, I, I mean, at least with the, the TikTok and the reels that you make, it, it comes across very natural right now. I mean, I think we, we tend to draw conclusions, you know, in our own head. And <laughs> um, I, I find myself kind of a slower talker. So on some videos, I'll, I'll try to do the same, what you're saying, <laughs> uh, you know, like to make it a little faster. So especially on like slow, uh, smaller videos that, you know, mm. you, you only have like maybe one or two seconds to capture, you know, people's engagement. Right. And then also with the scripting, and I think something that not always comes naturally or something that I don't always think about is like just trying to make dumb jokes. I think people really <laughs> like the stupid joke stuff because it also makes you seem a little bit more like who you are. I watched one guy, he had a good, I don't know if it was a saying, but sort of piece of advice that if you were doing this, you kind of just have to be yourself, but also a lot more because like I was saying with the speed of my voice and stuff like that, when you're on camera, it, it all just seems to be dampened and less. So yep. you can be your personality, but more of it. And that also really helps. And that doesn't mean if you are not, you know, super vibrant or outgoing that you have to attempt to be that way. Just be yourself a little bit more. A hundred percent. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Um, what, I mean, going back to, you know, the beginning, what would be an advice now that you would give to yourself or someone starting off brand new on YouTube? I would think that if you if you had the means and were okay with spending the money to just get someone else to edit for you, it is such a burden, in my opinion. If you don't have that, uh, that's fine. I didn't. And I think one thing that really helped me right away, too, was just making a bunch of videos. I was really committed to making two a week, which maybe to some people isn't very many, maybe to other people it's a lot. Um, but you do see a lot of creators when they kind of come onto the scene and they're making three or four videos a week, it just wow. helps you be seen on the platform, um, on any platform that you're doing stuff. That's why I'm doing the two to three a day on TikTok, just so I have more ability to get seen. But I think that's important right away. And then you can kind of get better at being able to talk on camera and figure out your style a little more and then focus in on which of those videos Oh, I kind of lost you there for a second. Make a bunch. Oh, I think someone was calling me. Yeah, me too. I earlier, but yeah, sorry. All right. and I, I don't know what we missed, but I was just saying once you've kind of put out a lot of that quantity, starting to then focus on the quality and, and back to the editing portion, I'm kind of tired of doing all the editing. So I have started to outsource some of my editing from time to time, which definitely takes off a lot of the burden of, of doing that stuff and, and makes it, you know, the fun part is talking to the camera, uh, at least for me, for the um, making the videos. A hundred percent. So how many videos are you uploading now? 
per week on YouTube? Right now at this time period, just because it's the beginning of the year and that's a very, um, you know, good time for creators because you can make a lot of the, you know, how I'm going to invest in 2022 or how much I made in 2021. A lot of those type of videos I'm trying to do a couple right now, but I think I'll probably just keep it at one a week, maybe do an extra one once in a while. I'm definitely not a large enough creator to, to do the, um, like topics that are trending or like the latest news, because if, you know, the Graham Stefan or the Andre Jick talk about the latest news, people are going to watch that. Probably not me. So I've done a few of those videos where it was, um, you know, like when AOC wore the dress, I did the whole tax the rich video and I, you know, second, so day after it happens, I've already made a video. I'm like, God, this is going to do so well. And then just never does well. Cause I'm not, I'm not the big guy yet. So. Yeah, yeah. Usually the headlines will capture that much quicker and the yeah, like the bigger accounts. That yeah. makes such a good point. Um, do you do you do your video let, let's say do you like uh do like three videos all at once and then, you know, edit them and post them, you know, over the next three weeks or what's your strategy? For a little bit there, just because I was trying to focus a lot on the quantity and getting them out, I would sometimes batch record. Um, I found that that maybe was hurting the quality a tiny bit. So I started to not do that. I definitely will batch script, which I think scripting is the part that's most important, takes the most amount of time, as well as video ideation um, that you can spend a lot of time on, especially video ideas. I might sit down and, you know, put down about 15 or 20 video ideas because if you figure out the video idea you sit down you film it and then you edit it and then you put it out and then tomorrow's the next week already and you have to kind of start that all over again you're gonna always kind of feel behind so I think if you have the script and ideas there that's probably gonna be the most important um, and then you can focus a lot of your time making sure that the, the actual video itself sounds good yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense to me um i'm sure people want to know this how do you monetize on youtube what's yes, the, the, the what's only the... important question <laughs> um so you need to have a thousand subscribers which is kind of the the standard for a lot of people when they want to hit on their account like you were saying in the first year and then you need four thousand watch hours in your last 365 days um so typically people will get the thousand subscribers before they get the watch time, because it is a decent amount of watch time, especially if you're a smaller channel. Um, but once you have that, you can be accepted into the ad revenue part of YouTube, which the way that works is you need a Google AdSense account, um, and then you have to get accepted through YouTube. And, and once you hit the requirements, it might take a couple of weeks for you to actually get that ad money. Uh, and then of your actual ad money, YouTube gets, I think it's a 45% cut and wow. then you get the rest. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely decent height of a decent cut, uh, but it makes sense. You're on their platform. So, um, but a majority of the creators who have larger channels and have started building a brand and an audience and stuff, ad revenue is their smallest amount of income. Um, because you know, someone, again, just an easy example, like Graham Stephan, he has a link for you to open, I don't know, a Robin hood account. He's yep. probably making, tens of thousands of dollars a month on clicks from people opening that, which is, which is where you're going to make a majority of the money. Once you actually have people, you know, to click on that kind of stuff. 
So one way to make the, the initial way to make money, you need a thousand subscribers and what, 10,000 or a hundred thousand? 4,000 watch hours. How many? 4,000 watch hours. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's a decent chunk of time for people to watch. <laughs> yeah. So it does also help if you have uh, slightly longer videos, because if you know, you're making five minute videos, or if you're making a 10 minute video, the 10 minute video can get you more watch time. Uh, my wife is actually asking, uh, who do you go to outsource your videos? Are you outsourcing uh, all your videos or to, to like edit? Um, I will kind of pick and choose like over the Christmas period and holidays I was traveling. So before I went, I just sat down and recorded a couple of videos and sent them out. Uh, I've just used Fiverr so far, uh, and then I just upload. Instead of just sending them a bunch of raw footage where I'm messing up and stuff, though, because I don't even know how they would know what's the correct footage to take, I, I still do cut it up, and so it'll be 10 minutes of cut-up footage. I'll send it over on Google Drive, and, and then they'll edit it pretty quickly. What do they add? Do they add, like, uh, uh, subtitles, and do they do, they do the you know, the zoom to your face, right? What, what, what do they do? Yeah, the, the crop to fill, that's the, uh, that's the one. But yeah, no, they'll do that kind of stuff and they'll do the sound effects like a pop if, uh, you know, you got some words come up on the screen uh, or some music. And I personally like to add some B-roll. So like you have the A-roll of you sitting here talking, but the B-roll might be you off looking in the distance at a park or something. Um, so I, I like, you, you can just talk to the editor and ask them, you know, what you want done. It'll obviously cost more or less what you're interested in them doing. So uh, those are the kind of things that they'll add. Gotcha. So you do have to tell them what you're looking for, in a sense. Yeah. And, and most of the videos that I'll send over are kind of the ones that are, I guess I would call the easier edits, where you can kind of just add random stock footage of anything. I do have some videos, like I've been working on a video about um, productivity for a while now, where I've done a ton of filming of me just like sitting and reading in like a park bench or something like that. Uh, so I would put that together myself. I haven't put it out yet, but um, been trying to compile a bunch of footage like that. Nice, would love to check it out once it's ready. <laughs> um, are you doing any like sponsored ads, you know, wearing you know like a company's t-shirt or something have you you know had any of those ads or other so, ways ties yeah so i did one sponsored video on youtube uh, i was for a car insurance company it wasn't i think i asked for too little money and i didn't uh negotiate very well and i also didn't really like the company it was kind of stupid it was just one of the first people that reached out to me and i thought oh this is cool they're paying me a couple hundred bucks to say this thing for a minute. I'm definitely going to do it. Um, and now on TikTok, I have had a lot. Uh, not a lot. That sounds like too many. Maybe like five or ten people reach out to me saying they want me to, you know, do an ad for their product, for their uh, for a video. And they're usually pretty bad products. Um, like one, for example, reached out to me and it was a company where you could get a $1,000 to $5,000 loan. And I didn't really want to push that on to people because um, it doesn't really make sense. So if I, if I have brands reach out to me, I try really hard to make sure that it's actually good and I would probably or potentially use it. 
not just saying, oh, I'll take these couple hundred dollars just to push this crappy product. Because obviously, most importantly, is that the audience trusts you and you have that relationship and you're not just pushing a bunch of ads to them. I love that, man. And thank you for sharing it because, I mean, it's super important. I mean, you're talking about personal finance and then on the other end, you're pushing people to get like 29% (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. personal loans. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, that, that, that shows a lot about you and that's, that's amazing. Keep it up because, um, it's not, it's about long-term, right? You're, you're here to provide value, educate, and obviously you're going to make money along the way, but I think doing it the right way says a lot about you and what you're doing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, My, my girlfriend always says, and it's obviously a joke, but you know, it's a long con. It's not, it's not a short term game. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, TikTok and reels. So, um, You've spent a, a smaller amount of time on, on TikTok, you said, or started later, right, than YouTube? Yeah, so at first, I think way back when I started YouTube, I would kind of just take 20-second snippets of my videos, and they were horizontal because uh, that's the way YouTube is, and I would just put them on, and they were pretty terrible, and I did maybe 10 of those and kind of gave up. And then, actually, my one good friend, uh I don't know people probably follow him. He's got like 300,000 followers now. He kind of just recently blew up on Instagram and he's got like 900,000 on TikTok, uh, John's finance tips. He started doing a lot of this TikTok and I just saw how much he was blowing up. So I just had to to get on it and, and start making those talking back and forth to yourself videos because those are pretty popular, especially in the personal finance space. And those are a lot easier to put together than a whole YouTube video. I mean, start to finish minus the video ideas for those it's like 30 minutes because basically you're just talking back and forth green screen and then you type in the the subtitles so yeah you're doing kind of like two people talking to each other right a few right yeah a few seconds the other now um when you're recording those videos do you switch from one side to the other (laughs) yeah i I can't like in my brain, I can't do the conversation without switching back and forth. You know, you're taking off the jacket, you're putting it back on or taking your shirt off and putting a different one on in the middle. I just couldn't do it any other way. (laughs) That's with me too. And um, I was, I was doing a couple of TikTok videos and reels. I I do mostly, but uh, yeah, it's like I was using a hat and then I'm like, my hair is getting all messed. When yeah, I was... that's the tough one with the. Ha- yeah, I can't do that with the hair. It would it would ruin everything. So that's my one one prop that I can't use. But the blazer is a good one. You know, you got the banker or whatever. You just put yeah. it over your shirt. Yeah, I think are doing that or or glasses. You know, like I yeah. think. Yeah. Nice. Um. <clears throat> so what's next? I mean, you have like what eighty five thousand followers, maybe more now on on uh, TikTok. Yeah, I think it's somewhere somewhere around there. And that came about, what, over a few months? So I was on TikTok. I think I started doing a couple of videos, and I did them really poorly in October. Uh, and I had my old phone. Like, I just went back a- to an iPhone. I had you, my Android. You got to say it, it. Android. It, it ruined the Android. I learned that Android and con- content creation just don't work because... 
whatever the uh, apps are, like Instagram, especially Instagram and TikTok, they just like ruin the quality of the video as well as the audio. And it just didn't look or sound as good. And I was even using an external mic and everything, and it still sounded worse than me just talking out loud now to my iPhone. So I switched over to the iPhone at like the beginning of November, and then I really saw a lot more growth and everything start to do a little bit better. So I say like the beginning of November, technically it was the beginning of October when I started doing more of the videos, um, but it didn't really look good in my opinion until that November timeframe. But in terms of what's next, um, as I was growing the audience, I was really trying to capture the audience. So I had created an ebook last or in the summer sometime, I think. And I wanted to start selling it as a digital product. And I thought, you know what, I might as well just offer this for free, get this mailing list, like get my audience to trust me, build all of that stuff, make them interested in what I'm saying. And like, I give them this ebook that has a lot of good information. And so eventually down the road, and, and people have asked me about like courses, and I've always honestly thought courses were a huge scam and money grab, but then someone said, well, you have all this information, I could go out and figure it out. Because, you know, for me, I just had a library card and listened to podcasts. It's kind of how I learned stuff, and then I did it. Um, but people are like, well, you have all this information, and I could learn it from you pretty quick if you just put out a course, and, and I would buy it. So like I want to use this audience, put out a course and I started doing, you know, the Patreon and, and stuff like that. And as I grow, hopefully there'll be some good brands that are interested in working with me. There are a couple that I'm speaking to right now that seem pretty interesting and like good partnerships. And, and also if I'm going to work with a brand, I don't really want it to just be like a one-off. Um, I do want it to be, like I said, something I'd use and actually build a relationship with, with them as well as with the audience. Nice. What about like keynote speaking? Are you, is that in your long-term plans? I mean, obviously you've got so much to offer. I mean, with, with all the content that you're producing, uh, even talking about social media, right? I mean, everyone wants to know how to get started, how to, you know, like never mind 85,000 followers, but how to get to 10,000 followers, right? Mm -hmm. um, are you thinking about, you know, maybe some more keynote speaking and, you know, like public events? So I have had one interesting opportunity that came about from YouTube where I did uh, a speaking, like a presentation for a financial wellness webinar for a company, like a corporate company. Nice. Um, I guess that's been the closest thing. So I did three sessions, one in their U.S. based and one in their U.K. based office. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't know if I would do it again because sometimes the messaging is like retire early and corporate companies, maybe they don't want all of that information. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but that, that was pretty cool. And, and I've done podcasts and stuff. So I, it's not really keynote speaking, but if those opportunities arose, I would a hundred percent jump on it. So what was, were those through zoom or in person? That was all through Zoom, uh, and the person just reached out to me through my website, which has all the, the coaching information and stuff. So now I say that I offer speaking events. Nice. Well, before you leave, um, tell us all your social media handles and your website. Um, and ultimately, like, who do you use? Who did you use for a website? This is more for me, I guess. You know, like, I, I still need to produce my own website. Oh, to build out the website? I yep. also used Fiverr. It's oh, you did? 
Yeah, it's pretty easy. There's, I mean, WordPress and YouTube video editing, I think are so widely wanted that there's just so many people on Fiverr and they're usually pretty good. The one guy that I used, um, he was pretty solid. And, and like, after I was finished, I, I still had to do some of the own like editing and figuring out stuff, like adding the MailChimp to my website so that people could get this digital product to their email took me like 10 hours of YouTube and figuring out. Oh um, but, and then I had a friend who told me, yeah, I could have told you how to do this in 15 minutes, but um, you know, he was really solid and super helpful. And even after when I had questions, they would answer them. So that was, that was very good. Uh, but in terms of all of my social media handles and stuff, I think the uh, TikTok and Instagram are all underscore Avery Heilbron. So just my name. And YouTube's also just my name, so Avery Heilbron. Uh, and then my website is AveryHeilbron.com. So I'm just trying to keep it simple for everybody. Nice. That's awesome. And what can people expect when you're, uh, when you're editing videos on Fiverr? How much are you spending on those? Uh, or a range, right? I mean, it doesn't need to be exact. Yeah, so I did, I've done four videos now. They've all ranged between eight and 12 minutes. I think the first one... I paid the guy. It was, it's really inexpensive for Fiverr, especially because a lot of it is like they're ba these people that I've used have been based out of Pakistan. So it's like different dollar and, you know, currency amounts. So it was only $20, $22, I think, for a 12-minute video. I've spent less than $100 for four videos, which if you do the math and you want to do one video a week for a year, it's like a, if you really wanted to outsource it all, it, it's not that expensive if you have right. the funds to do it. So uh, that's why I'm trying to just do it more because it does take me personally, like, I don't know, three or four hours to edit a video, which I would gladly pay someone a little bit of money to, to take that off my plate. Of course, especially if you're adding like all those animations and stuff. I, I don't know. I've, I've tried to do video editing, but it's, it's too much, you know, like I have like an app on my phone. I'll do short video editing, but five minutes 10 minutes that that can be a lot yeah there's yeah there's a lot you can do and and i always just am editing and thinking i can't have this be boring and i you know i want to get lazy and just only do the zoom in zoom out but then you know that's not really doing a whole lot you kind of got to have a little bit of something makes sense all right man hey i appreciate you being here uh love all your stuff um uh, underscore avery helbron on instagram uh, TikTok, it's just your name, Avery Helbron. It's also the same as on Instagram, so the underscore, yeah. The non-underscore was taken. I don't know by who, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then Avery Helbron on YouTube. Check out his website, AveryHelbron.com. Uh, awesome guy. I appreciate your content. Uh, can't wait to see what you do next, man. Uh, bright future ahead. Yeah, I'm excited for more of your reels and, and all yeah. of it too. So it was fun. I, I mean, thanks for having me. These are always fun. Yeah, we'll have this on our podcast too. So appreciate oh, you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yep. Have a great one. You too. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your support means so much to me. And one way for you to support me is by following this podcast and liking this episode and also by leaving a review. 
In addition, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at sidrit.veseli for more daily content. If there's anything I can help you with, message me directly on any of my platforms. Thank you and talk to you soon.